Good morning. I'm so happy and it's my honor and privilege to be with you today and share uh, the word of God and talk a little bit about the ministry. And um, uh, really uh, thank uh, my brother Harry uh, who connected me with this church and I thank uh, Pastor Rob for allowing me to be here. Um, thank my wife for doing the, all the slides and all the administration ministry. And um, I heard that you guys don't have lots of foreigners here. That's what I heard. So maybe my accent will be harder for you a little bit. So I will start with a joke, okay? <laughs> so you get used of my accent a little bit. It is said that there is a worship team came before the uh, church service and they came early to ad uh, adjust and test the microphone and the echo. So the team was one from uh, uh, England. So he said, good morning. So the echo came back and said, good morning. Uh, one from France, he came and said, bonjour. So the echo came back and said, bonjour. One from Israel came and said, shalom. So the echo came back from shalom. And one from China, and you know how the Chinese people can talk. So he said, Shanga Hunga Mungagi. So the echo came back and said, Excuse me, what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I will not be one of the Chinese people so you can understand me, okay? <laughs> well, uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, our ministry in Egypt and uh, uh, some word of God. But uh, first, I want to introduce my family, uh, myself here, and uh, my first daughter. She's 25, and she got married seven uh, months ago. And uh, my son, Jonathan, he is uh, in high school, and he has a, a good ministry with Harvest Baptist Church in Orlando. And uh, my wife, uh, my beautiful wife, Naveen, she's here with us. And I always thank her for uh, doing lots of she always behind the scene. I'm here, but she always behind the scenes. She's doing lots of things. But she's the real boss, too, you know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and my daughter, Trivina, uh, she's a uh, senior in uh, college in uh, UCF in Orlando. And uh, we are all from Egypt. Uh, we're located in Orlando, but we travel a lot to Egypt doing the ministry. I travel like maybe five times a year, spending a month or more each time. So we're doing lots of ministry in Egypt. And um, our mission, or God's mission for us, um, as we are from a Muslim-majority country, now reaching the least rich people in U.S. and beyond for Christ. So we're trying to reach the Arab people in America here, uh, either in Orlando or in different states, uh, but also traveling to Egypt, doing some ministry in the Gulf, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Gulf area, and also in the uh, Middle East. And our ministry, we call it ART, A-R-T. <clears throat> and A for approach. We're trying to approach uh, reaching the needy people. So we have ministry among the sick people, a group of people are very sick, uh, literacy people, ignorant from everybody, even the government, very hard life, very poor. We have ministry with the uh, uh, people in garbage area. I'm going to show you some picture in, uh, uh, while I'm talking. And um, the, the poor people, the sick people, the, we, the persecuted church. So all this we put it under approach because we were trying to help them first and then uh, we reach them by the word of God. But then the R for reach, 
we are reaching uh, everybody from the Arab background. Uh, so whatever country it will be, but we're trying to reach the uh, Arab background, uh, Muslims, Christian, anyone. So the T for training, uh, and we are training pastors, leaders, young adults, uh, many different uh, people in Egypt who are trying to train them. We have lots of training uh, um, program. One of them is Gideon 300. I'm going to talk about this uh, after a while. Today, uh, I want to talk with you about God's heart. And I want to read with you um, Acts, uh, book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 22. And he said, Here is the up for them, David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. So the reason that God find David, because he found that man, that he will do all God's will. And the question here, what is God's will? What God wants from us? And um, a verse from First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, and shows what's God's heart, what's God's will. It is said, who desires talking about Jesus, all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So who desires? And the word desires in many different versions. I saw it, it's written wants or wishes or needs. So God's will, he wants and his desire wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his will. That's his heart. So that's why I'm talking about three things. The first one is about God's heart for everyone in the world. Is reaching out by showing his love. What's God's heart for the people around the world? He wants to show his love to them. So that's why in John 3.16, and we know this verse, for God so loved the world. And I, I add these words. It's not in the verse, of course, but I add it with the red color. So God loves Christian? Yes. Muslims? Yes. Hindus? Buddhist? That's the verse saying that. God loved the world. So do you think God loves the terrorists? Yes. He loved them. He doesn't like what they are doing. He against what he's do they are doing, but he loves them. That's the verse said. God loved the world. Everyone. Everyone. The white, the tan, the black, everyone. The poor, the rich, the peaceful guy, the terrorist God, guy. Everyone. God loves everyone in the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes, whoever believes, so if somebody believes from Muslim background, he will be son of God. Christian, Buddhist, Hindus. So should not be perished, but have everlasting life. That's the verse is saying. So that's why a part of my, you know, our ministry in the picture, we can see, we go to the college, it's called UCF in Orlando. And we have a group came from the Gulf area. 
and we joined together in the ministry. And we have a table, you can see the table on my wife standing up by the table. We have Bible, we have Christian tracts, we have lots of things. And we just stand, we, in, this, in this university, we have about uh, not less than 5,000 or 7,000 students from Saudi Arabia. And we have lots of thousands from Syria, from many different Arab background. So we have thousands of the students come to this college. So we stand here with the group, and you can see the picture. We can just pick the students, we talk to them about Jesus Christ. We don't care about if they are Christian, if they are Muslims background, if they are from Egypt, from Syria, from wherever, but we're trying to show God's love, as the Bible said to them. So my question for you, do you have the same eyes as God to see the world as he does? And the same love as he has? Ask yourself, do you really have the same love that God has for the world? Do you love Muslims? Do you love the terrorist people? Do you love the foreigners? If you walk in the street or in the shop and you find somebody like maybe 10 like me coming from the Middle East, it does something make you really don't feel ease or do you really have the same love that God has? And my prayer for you today, for everyone, that will have such love for those people. Do you know who is the first terrorist in the New Testament? Saul. He was, he was, with our modern terminology, we can say like Saul, who became Paul, was a terrorist, right? He kills a Christian. He traveled and killed a Christian everywhere. He's one of the terrorists. We can call him terrorist. But God appeared to him. Show him his love. And he changed and became Paul. So do you have such a love for those people? And I, 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 I ask you to just ask God to have such a love for these people. To change our mindset. We hear a lot from the news about the terrorists, about the Islam, about Muslims, the killing people, the persecution. And then it creates in, in, in inside us hatred you know, scary, like we fear from them. So my prayer is to have such a love. God so loved the whole world. But the second thing is God's heart for you is to reach out to them. God's heart for us is to go and reach them, not just to love them, period, but take more steps and reach them out. So that's why you can see in, the, in Mark 16, 15, it is said, and this is the last commandment before Jesus' ascendance, and uh, left uh, his disciples. And by the way, when we read the Bible in the Old Testament, usually people before they die, they said very important and short words to their sons, like David and Solomon, for an example, but very deep. So Jesus, before he left his disciples, left the earth, go to the heaven or the paradise, he said like to them, go into all the world and they preach the gospel for every creature. And, you know, this is the last commandment from Jesus to his disciples. He didn't tell them like, hey, before I leave you, love each other. And loving is very important. He didn't say you have to live in a holy life 
well, living holy life is very important. He didn't say that or either that. He didn't say anything else except go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I believe Jesus was a very nice guy. Do you believe that? He's a very polite guy. But you know what? He does not say, please, go all the world. <laughs> he doesn't say that, right? He doesn't say, if you can, go. He doesn't say, if you will be able, if you are young, go. He doesn't say that. But he used an imperative verb, go. It is a commandment. And I always say that when we say somebody is lying, we say, hey, the Bible said do not lie. Or if we, say, if we see somebody like committing, committing adultery and say, the Bible said do not commit an adultery. Well, the Bible said go. The same God who said do not lie, who said not, do not commit an adultery, he the same God who said go. There is no any like options or excuse that, mm, no, 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 no. The Bible said go. Go into all the world. Not just the Boston place, Osterville Church, this kind of place, the, uh, you know, the comfort zone place. No, 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 no. Go everywhere. That's the Bible said. All the world. And they preach the gospel to, repeat after me, Every creature, right? Every creature. So when you walk in, in a store and you find a tan guy like me from the Middle East, don't get scared, you know? Just come and talk to me. Talk to him. Share the gospel. Give him a Bible. Give him Jesus film. Give him a Christian track. That's what we need. Now, I like in Harry, uh, I always said that, you know, he comes to Orlando a lot and we have a very nice meal, and I love him because he always pay for me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, but also I like him every time eating the, in a restaurant. He always get his Christian track out of his pocket, give the waiter, you know, and talk about Jesus. And uh, by the way, the way we know each other, because he met my daughter. She was a, water, a waiter in a <clears throat> steakhouse. And he, he was thinking like she's from the Middle East because my daughters look like me, but she's more beautiful than me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and he talked to her, and he, he knew that she's from Egypt, and, and this is the way we, we, we reach to each other. So my point is, we need to talk to these people. Preach every creature. And um, so the next slide... We can see, uh, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witness to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaritan, Samaria, sorry, and the, to the end of the earth. And so that's why the map you see in the, in the screen, this is the number of the mosques in the United States, but this is statistics in 2015. I'm not sure you can see the numbers or not, but California, for example, like 500, I think 35. Uh, Massachusetts, I think it's 48, but that's 2015. You can double or triple the number of the mosques here. 
And I always said that, well, since there is mosques here, you can imagine how many millions of Muslims here. And my point is, like the Bible said, we have to preach every creature. Now, they are here. Is it an opportunity, good opportunity? Of course. It is a good opportunity to reach them. They are all here. So that's why it's written, over 1.6 billion, the world is the Muslim population in 2013. With the poor research, it is said that in 2050, half of the world will be Muslims. So if we accept this or not, that's the reality. Half of the world by 2050 will be Muslim. The United States has more than 3,186 between mosques, Islamic school, center schools, and others. And you can imagine how many millions here. So that's why my question for you, how do you see it? Do you see it as a threat? Those Muslims come to kill us and take our country and, or a political thing or a migration debate. Well, I, don't, don't, I, I don't agree with the immigrant people coming here and others say, oh, that's good. And do you see this like this way or do you see it as an opportunity for us to shape history under God's control and spread the word for, of God? It is an opportunity. It is said that the immigration thing in the world, the whole entire world, is some it's unprecedented movement. Never happened in the history. Like the immigrant in, you know, cover uh, all over the world, every place. I always say that Egypt, we are we are poor country, we're not that rich country. But now we have five million refugees from Sudan. We have three million refugees from Yemen. We have two million refugees from Syria and others. Well, I can't imagine one day that Egypt, this poor country that hardly feed their people, its people, now they have all these millions from the immigrant. This is unprecedented. Well, I believe that God is doing this kind of immigration. You go France, Germany, Europe, America, everywhere. You find different people, immigrant people. Well, God wants to let these people hear the gospel because they cannot hear it in their country. So, uh, for an example, like the picture we'll see here, uh, for us, we go to the mosque. We have a relationship with the guy in the middle is called Sheikh. Sheikh is like pastor in the mosque. We meet with him. We attend the prayer meeting. Uh, I mean, sorry, the, the, the Muslims uh, meeting on Fridays their prayers, I mean, and we build a relationship, we talk with them. They are very nice people. I mean, listen, guys, Muslims are human beings like us. They are dads, moms, brothers, sisters. They have the same feeling. Well, some of them are terrorists, yes, but not all of them. And what I'm saying is like many Muslims now, millions of Muslims come to Jesus. They, they, they saw Jesus in dreams, lots of them. If you type in YouTube, type more than dreams. Those three words, more than dreams. And you'll get five stories at least that people saw Jesus in dreams and their life has changed. So Jesus wants those people, you know, to accept him and, they you know, the truth. So we go, we share the gospel with them. In the second picture, 
we invite them to our home. Well, not because I'm from the Middle East and, you know, so that's okay. No, no, you, you can't invite them. You can't, you can't have a meal with them in McDonald's or whatever. You can't build a relationship with them. I'm sorry to say that they will not kill you. Don't be scared, you know. They're nice people. Just talk to them. They're looking for the truth. The problem with the Muslims is they are very religious people, but still feel emptiness inside them. So they still search for the truth. They need to meet someone like you and tell them about Jesus. We have this guy from Iraq. Talk to him. We have this kind of meal. Uh, and by the way, my wife is the best cook ever. I'll just let you know that. I can invite you, by the way. So, and we have this Muslim lady with the veil, but the one here with the, with the red uh, shirt, uh, shirt here, she's a converted. She saw Jesus in a dream, and she became a Christian. And they are from the same country, Iraq, from the same city, and, you know, and we have a very good discussion, and God did uh, good things. But also... We invited them to the church. In the next picture, we invite them to the church. Uh, you can see this lady with the veil. Uh, the, ne- the one next to her is a Muslim. The one in front of her is a converted. Uh, you can see two blonde young lady here. And they are with the Muslims. And everything went okay. And we have a good relationship, good talk with them. And we could uh, talk about Jesus' love for them. But the second thing is God's heart for teaching others. Not just reaching, but teaching others. And the thing is you have, and, and this uh, I want to read with you, with you, the second Timothy, um, chapter 2 and verse 2. And the thing is you have heard me say in the presence of many witness and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. And that's why in our ministry, can see the second the picture here. We, we're trying to train lots of pastors, leaders. Yesterday we have a seminar called Teach to Reach. I'm doing this a lot in, in the States here. Try, try to equip the American churches to how to answer Muslims' questions. So we do lots of training. And one of the training we're doing, it's called Gideon 300. And I think uh, I shared this last time when I was here. Uh, and I, I want to thank you so much because you are the first church to support this uh, ministry, this project. It's called 300, Gideon 300. Our mission in that is to train and mobilize 300 pastors in Egypt so we can start a gospel movement among the least reached Egyptians in one generation. And once again, I want to thank you so much because to be honest with you, if you guys do not support this uh, project, I wouldn't be able to start this in Egypt. So thank you so much. And looking forward with Pastor Rob and uh, Harry will go in November. Uh, our first trip will be there for that kind of project. And thank you for your prayer as well. But the last thing we're talking about is God's heart for the, the, the uh, needy people. And as I told you before that we're doing lots of ministry among the needy people, people who, are, who live in garbage area, people who are persecuted. So in James 1, 27, it is said, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And uh, 
I like to read this. I'm going to not read all the whole thing, but in Ezekiel 3, 17, 21. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, there's a picture before that. I'm sorry. Yeah. And this is one of the things that uh, the garbage area. Uh, by the way, the picture you see, this is houses. This is not a, this is not a garbage place to collect the garbage. This is, the, this is houses. And if I, if I show you like big picture for the whole area, the whole area is like this, houses by houses by houses. You can, if you look like in the back of the picture. And the house is about a place for the garbage and a place for animals to grow in, like pig, cows, and stuff like that, and a place for bedroom for them, for the family. This is the house. All the house like this. And you can see, you know, I'm talking the big picture here. You can see there is no, there is no school, no hospitals, no clinics, no running water, no electricity. They have nothing. And I mean they have nothing. And uh, I have the privilege that every time I go to Egypt, I have to go and visit this area. And the, you can see the kids there, very poor people. And, you know, uh, uh, the, the picture below here, two, I think two or three years ago, I have my friend uh, from Wisconsin. His name is David. We went together. We bought backpack, school backpack for them and school supplies. And oh, my gosh, I can show you 10 pictures the, the kids were so happy. It was the first time in their life to have this kind of backpack. First time. And they have picture like they hold it up and so happy that they have this thing. And uh, you can see the picture that have a minibus. We thank God that we could, we could get money and buy, buy this uh, bus for them. The reason of that because, as I mentioned, there is no school. So the kids go outside this kind of place by the highway and they jump over trucks and go to the school. Many times they fall down under the wheel of the trucks and die. So that's why I said, I said to the pastor, we have to stop that. So we, 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 bought, a, we bought a minibus for them and um, we, we, could help, we could help them take them to the school and use it for the church as well. Old people cannot go to the church uh, or take them to the hospital and many different uh, things we do. So pray for those people. We're still going there. We're still doing lots of ministry with them. And um, uh, the, the need is a lot, but we thank God that we, we, we can do what, whatever we can do. And uh, I want to read with you the Ezekiel 3, 17, 21. It says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. This guy is going to die, but his blood will be, God will ask you about his blood. And after, you know, in, um, and then the underlying one is said again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity. And then he said, you know, you talk to him and, you know, he didn't come back, but his blood I will require at your hand. 
we will be asked for the blood of the people. And I, I like my pastor, and um, he said that he said that there is a verse in the, in the Bible saying that God, Jesus will wipe out all the tears of my eyes when we go to heaven. And the pastor said, well, why we have tears in heaven? And he said that. He said, because maybe when we walk in our way to heaven, and maybe somebody is standing here, and this guy, he will not go with me to heaven, and he will look at me and say, why didn't you talk to me about Jesus? Why didn't you give me a Bible? Why didn't you invite me to the church? And he said, in that moment, I will cry. In that moment, I will have tears because I didn't talk to him. So uh, God help us that we will be able to reach everyone. Um, I like this picture. Uh, this is about Moses, this picture. And I thank my wife, she chose the best uh, picture. This is about a story in the Bible. I want to read with you this story very quickly. And it's in Exodus 17. This story, uh, when Amalek uh, uh, stand against Israel in a war, so it's said like this. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Raphaim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. So the, the, on the field down, Joshua and some people are fighting the army of Amalek. Tomorrow... I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Moses in the middle and with the rod. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with the Malik. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur, so the one by right or left, whoever, one of them, Aaron, and the other is Hur, went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. But when he laid down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy. He get tired. And he, got, he, he couldn't put his hand up all the time. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Ur supported his hands one on one side. And the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So my question here, and don't answer me, I just said this is a rhetorical question, okay? Who is the most important person in this picture? Who is the most one that playing an important part in this picture? My answer is all of them. All of them. Joshua is, is fighting with Amalek. But Joshua could not get any victory until Moses raised up his hand. And because his hand gets tired, he needs Aaron and Ur, one from here, one from here. Well, if Aaron said, mm, I'm tired, and then Moses' hand will go down and, and Joshua will be defeated. Is that right? Why have this picture? Because I said, let us work together. I need you in the ministry, not just uh, supporting financially. Well, I need, I need money, of course, you know. But your prayer, your support, your word of encouragement. Uh, you know, we need each other in the ministry. I'm in the field, maybe. You guys can pray. 
guys can send an email to encourage us. Lots of things, lots of things we can work together so we can defeat the enemy. Um, that's why uh, I said we need your heart to be with us, to partner and to pray for us and be a part of God's ministry. Uh, so please pray for the next trip to Egypt in July. Uh, we have many trips, but the main one, Egypt in July. And please contact us to work together. This is our email. And also, after we finish, we will, uh, Naveen and I, my wife and I, will stand by the table. We'll have some brochure. If you want to write your name and email for, uh, we can send for you an email, uh, you know, the newsletter. And also, we have some, uh, like, um, suggested donation for some issue that will help the ministry. So we will be there to answer the question. And thank you so much for listening, and God bless you.